Hey, Nothing Is Wasted family, before we dive into this podcast episode, I just want to make an announcement that I'm super excited about. We are finally going to Israel, and I want to invite you to come with us. Christy and I would love to extend an invitation for you to come with us to Israel. We were supposed to go back in October of 2020, and we all know what happened there, and we have delayed this trip for some time because of all the travel restrictions, but the good news is, is as of March of this past year, all the travel restrictions were lifted for Israel. All of the requirements, vaccination requirements, all of that sort of thing were completely lifted. So we're going to go to Israel in May of 2023. The trip is May 29th through June 6th of 2023. If you want to find out more information about that, you can go to nothingiswasted.com slash Israel. But let me just say this. There are frequently people will ask me questions about when was the turning point in my healing journey. And six months after my late wife was killed, I was invited on a trip to Israel with a church that really surrounded me during that season. And that is, I can look back on, that is the major critical turning point of my healing journey. For the first time, uh, color was beginning to come back into my life. And I can't necessarily explain all the reasons why, but I think it had something to do with walking in the places that Jesus walked, learning about nuances of scripture that I had not seen before, and particularly seeing the theme of pain and suffering all throughout the biblical narrative and the historical narrative. And that was the first time I saw that. And so it really changed my perspective on this world, on God, on my particular tragedy that I was walking through. And so I vowed when I left that trip that I was going to take people back to experience the same thing that I experienced, to have some of those huge aha healing moments. So this trip is going to be exciting. It's going to be fun. It's going to be enlightening. It's going to be healing. It's going to be inspiring. It's going to be challenging. It's just going to be an amazing time. So Christy and I would love to invite you to come to Israel with us in 2023. Go to nothingiswasted.com slash Israel. Again, nothingiswasted.com slash Israel to find out all the information about this trip. Hope to see you there. Welcome to the Nothing Is Wasted podcast, where we believe that no matter what you've gone through in life, God is inviting you to partner with Him to take back your story. On this podcast, we have inspiring conversations with people who are doing just that. And now, your hosts, Davey Blackburn and Aubrey Sampson. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Nothing is Wasted podcast. I'm Aubrey. And I'm Davey. And we're excited that you're joining us today, whether you're new to the Nothing is Wasted podcast or you've been listening for years and years. We've got a lot of episodes, over 200 episodes, where we are having conversations with people who are partnering with God to take back their story. And that's what we're passionate about helping you with. And uh, Aubrey, I'm excited that we have the opportunity to hear from Emmanuel and Adrian. Um, Emmanuel is a former educator, police officer, and youth crimes detective and wow. pastor. Right? I mean, that's an amazing bio right there. It really is. And so it definitely informs what they do. You can see now why they do what they do. They created this nonprofit organization. So he's not pastoring a local church anymore. He's involved okay. in a local church, but he lead. they lead this nonprofit organization called Hope Vibes hmm. that seeks to cultivate opportunities to serve empower, and empower people through awareness and connect those in need to available resources and create solutions that, listen to this, counteract the homeless epidemic 
in their region. They're in kind wow. of Charlotte, Charlotte, North Carolina area. And Amazing. So they are on the ground um, trying to eliminate the epidemic of homelessness, not just wow. like the first generation, but like let's wow. totally eradicate this. That's amazing. And it's quite the endeavor. They've been doing it since 2017. Their story is incredible. It's not necessarily linked with this. They were doing this before they started walking through some of this pain journey, but we do get into a little bit of the conversation of how one has affected the other. Mm-hmm. I do want to mention this. Emmanuel has written a kid's book called How to Fly to the Moon in a Cardboard Box. Okay. Is that a cute title or Isn't what? Isn't that so yes. cute? I love this. And Adrienne is a former educator and pastor, and she is also a certified life coach and writer. Um, she cool. was a spitfire, and you'll Real, see this in this conversation. She is very has lots of insight. So mm. if this conversation is ministered to you or if any of our other ones, please go and rate and review the podcast. We would very much uh, appreciate that. We're almost at a thousand reviews. And so we want to make sure that you go and tell us a little bit of your story. We also would like for you to go, if you would, to nothingiswasted.com slash community. Mm-hmm. Go and ask Aubrey and I questions. Yes. So just join the community if you haven't already. You're going to connect with all kinds of other people there. We have uh, just about, I think we're right at about a thousand right there, people who are Amazing. connecting on the community. Our certified coaches are there connecting. Um, our goal is for that to just be thousands of people right. finding solidarity in their pain, finding right. hope, finding encouragement, finding insight, talking with other people who are, have gone through and are going through the same thing that you are going through. So go there, post on the general discussion feed a question to Aubrey and I. We will answer that question right here on the podcast, um, and then we'll post it back to that general discussion feed so you guys can can hear our answer. And uh, so make sure you stick around after this conversation with Emmanuel and Adrian. Yes. Aubrey and I have a question that we want to dialogue about. So, all right. It's going to be I fun. Just, like, I just said, I just took all of that. Aubrey, no, I, I loved let it. let you talk right no, there. No, that was awesome, baby. I loved it. You were <laughs> on a roll, so I didn't want to stop you. But with all of that in mind, let's go ahead and take a listen to your conversation with Emmanuel and Adrian Threat. Well, Emmanuel, Adrian, it's so great to have you on the Nothing Is Wasted podcast. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for having us. We're excited to be here. Well, I'm really excited to hear a little bit more of your story, more of your ministry, some of your journey. You know, we often uh, have people on the podcast and we're, we we think about, you know, kind of one acute subject matter that we want to talk about. And we want to deep dive into that. But you guys have been through quite a journey on, on many different fronts. And so I'm just excited to get to know you guys and we'll see what the Lord does uh, in this conversation. Why don't we start with this? Why don't you guys just tell me a little bit about who you are, uh, what you guys do, where you live, where you're from, what your family's like, and then we'll kind of dive back into your story. So my name is Emmanuel. This is my wife, Adrian, and I'm from Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, I'm from Fayetteville, North yes, Carolina. Yes. And uh, so we currently are uh, nonprofit leaders of a nonprofit we started in 2017. And um, we work directly with our homeless um, neighbors that are experiencing um, difficulties while living on the streets. We provide hygiene items and uh, solutions to try to help them out of homeless situations, just providing hope. Um, And we built and launched a mobile laundry and shower vehicle called the Hope Tank. Mm. And uh, we go around to different parts of the city and region providing that resource to individuals that need it. Wow. And we 
That's live awesome. In Charlotte. Yeah, we do live in Charlotte. Live in Charlotte now. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, um, I, I used to live in South Carolina, and so and my parents are in Asheville, North Carolina, and so I just oh, love yeah. the Carolinas, love, love that love region. Asheville. My wife right now keeps trying to convince us to move to that region. <laughs> She's like, if there's any area you that should. we should move to, we should move to the Carolinas, yes. and I don't disagree with her. I think it's a beautiful, beautiful area. Come on I know. Over. I know. It's great. Um, well, you know, you guys have been doing ministry for some time, and you I'm kind of curious, um, this ministry that you guys have started with, with homelessness, we'll definitely dive into it and talk about it because I'm really interested in that ministry. But, um, I also know that, you know, there's, there's a really real journey that you guys have walked in infertility. And uh, oftentimes that can be a, a journey of kind of silent desperation. We don't have those conversations very often in the church. A lot of times, you know, as we've talked about on the podcast before, it's difficult to know how to have those conversations. It's difficult to know how to walk with others who are walking through that, or even be aware that someone's walking um, through a, through a journey of infertility. But I'm curious before we even dive into that journey, uh, have you guys been in ministry for a long time? Is that kind of before this infertility journey started, or is this something that kind of spawned out of this painful journey that you guys have been on or kind of give me a little timeline on that first before we dive in. So, so I, Born yes, into I was ministry. Yeah. I was an infant into ministry. I'm just born on the front. We had no choice. The front pew, yeah. right? <laughs> yes. My my bottle had anointing oil in it. Uh, <laughs> I love it. I no, love for real. We no, didn't seriously. have a choice. Yeah, <laughs> we didn't have a choice. Yeah. My my dad is a minister and a pastor. He still is, and um, uh, I was the first member of his church. And wow. I had no choice into doing serving everything. And, uh, everything. So yeah, I, I was born into this. Similar for me, my my father wasn't a pastor. He kind of I remember as a child him. We were in a Baptist kind of setting, and yeah. I remember him going from trustee to deacon to. Mm-hmm associate pastor to assistant pastor to interim pastor. Um, and so I spent many days of my childhood in um, board meetings <laughs> um, and, you know, just learning a lot about not only about God, but about the structure of the church. <clears throat> and um, eventually when I was in high school, I kind of had a church separation where I started mm. going to church with another part of my family um, that I felt was a better fit for me to help me grow. Um, and so I've had different experiences and different kinds of um, church cultures. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was in college where um, I began going to his his parents' church. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, we both have, I mean, he's done everything. I worked in every area of ministry mm-hmm. at his parents' church. Um, I worked in quite a few areas as well. But in 2016, we actually transitioned into being the lead pastors of his parents' church. Oh, wow. Um, and we did that for a few years before we came to the realization that for the sake of our relationship with his parents, right. um, because of, and I mean, we can get into it later, yeah. we just felt like, okay, it might be better if we give this back to you. Yeah. And we just focus on this other ministry that we've been working on called Hope Vibes at the same time. And yeah. so that's kind of very wow. short wow. The condensed version of, of that. It. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> that's wow. how we kind of got to where we are now. And now we're, we're doing Hope Vibes full time. Man, yeah. that's amazing. Tell me a little bit, cause I'm, I'm curious. I promise we'll get into this story of infertility, but I, I, I'm curious cause I'm a pastor's kid as well. And my experience, 
growing up in church. I mean, same way I, you know, my dad was a youth pastor when I was born and then we went through multiple different pastorates, but eventually he was a senior pastor where I grew up in Birmingham where most of my time was spent. And, um, and for a while I ran away from ministry, you know, it was like, that's not what I wanted to do. And then the Lord really grabbed a hold of my heart, my senior year of high school and called me into ministry. And now I, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't and haven't looked back, you know, it's the most fulfilling thing that I could do, but I'm curious about your journey in that because I'm the same way as you guys. I mean, my very first ever paycheck job was to be a custodian at my dad's church, you know, like cleaning toilets and all that kind of stuff. But, but what is, you know, was it something for you guys that you guys had to come to a kind of your own realization of a sense of calling and ministry? Is it something that, you know, like what, what, uh, how, how did you feel about growing up in the church? And as you look back on it now, how do you feel about it? I know there's, uh, there's definitely moments where I was very clearly like, that's not what I'm going to do. Like, mm. I don't, you know, like, because there's this pressure from everybody around you to be like, you're tapped to be the next one. And yeah, it's like, right. I, I don't want, I, I don't want to. And, and mm. the reality is there was a point where, um, there was a point when just in my personal walk, I we went on a mission trip to the Philippines and my personal walk with, with God went to a deeper level. And my commitment to him was whatever you want me to do, I'm going to do. So mm. regardless of how I feel about it, whatever, I'll, I'm committed to you. If you call me to do whatever, I'm going to do it. Um, and so I think from that moment, um, and that was um, what? I, don't, I can't remember. Maybe 2010. That was before. No, that was before we got married. When you went on that first mm-hmm. trip, so that was probably like 2005, 2006. I see them all off. 2006. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so, <laughs> so, so, but that that moment, that that mission trip really shifted some things in me. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I look back and I'm like, um, there's definitely some things that I had to unlearn mm. growing up the way I learned because gr- growing up the way we did because I can play it. I mean, you know how yeah. that is. You can, I can make, I can look like I'm just, just I'm the best believer out here. Yeah. I'm helping out in church, doing everything. I can look the part, but struggling, going through all kinds of stuff internally yeah. um, and not really allowing God full control. And that's, that was, you know, there wasn't like some crazy, like, you know, you know, like, yeah, I was addicted to this, addicted to that. It's like, I have to just internally, internally just like surrender my yeah. heart to God. Yeah. Um, and um, so, yeah. Wow. Wow. I think for me, um, I knew early on, um, like I felt like God had spoken to me as a teenager, mm. um, that there were things that um, he wanted to use me for, at a young age. And so I was just a weird teenager. Like I was really hungry for God um, in a way that was even awkward for my parents. Like they wanted me to go out and do crazy stuff. And I just was like, no, I want to go to 5 a.m. prayer at this church that y'all don't go to. And so even before yeah. I had a car, like there was this family um, that were friends of my aunt and uncle that, Every Monday, whenever the church had 5 a.m. prayer, they would um, they'd come and pick me up yeah. and take me to church. And then I'd come back home and get ready for school, Wow! Uh, which is, I think, is very 
atypical yeah. <laughs> for teenagers. Yeah. Um, so I wasn't like one of the ones that was like resistant for um, whatever God wanted to do because I, I knew from a young age that mm. doesn't mean that I didn't have some moments of derailing where I tried to kind right. of like do other things and yeah, but it never worked out. Yeah. Like it, yeah. at one point it was just like, <laughs> okay, like I remember like my first weekend in college, um, I had some, some new friends and a couple of old friends that were at the same school and we were like, all right, it's the first weekend in college. We're going to go to this um, house party at this apartment complex off campus. And it was like, Everything we tried to do that night, it wouldn't work. We tried to go to the club. <laughs> it was like shut down. Yeah. We tried to go to the house party right after that. And there was, I kid you not, like I counted it. There were like 25 cop cars blocking the entrance wow. to this apartment complex. And I was like, it must wow. just not be meant to be yeah, for me to do you. anything yeah. fun. Yeah. And so like, you know, of course there were still, you know, other opportunities right, for me right. to get involved in other things. But um, I think I've always had this openness, even yeah. in seasons where I was somewhat, maybe even angry with God for yeah. some of the things that I was experiencing in my personal walk. Yeah, that's that's good. That's good. Hey, Nothing is Wasted family, I wanted to interrupt this conversation for a brief moment to let you know about a powerful resource that we have available for you. It's called the Pain to Purpose course. Now, I know many of you guys have heard of this, but in case you're new and you haven't heard of this, I wanted to make sure that you were in the know about this. Now, listen, if you were to ask me this one question, Davey, what's the most important Nothing is Wasted resource that I should engage with? I would tell you, hands down, the Pain to Purpose course is it. Thousands of people now have found tremendous healing and breakthrough in their valley by walking through this course. Now, it's emotionally and spiritually intense, but I promise you it's well worth it. The Pain to Purpose course is an 11-video online course where I'll help you do four major things. Okay, the first one is this. I'll help you remove the debris of crisis in your life. So like trauma, tragedy, major life transition. The second thing is I'll guide you through the steps of repairing the emotional, relational, and spiritual broken pieces that were left in the wake of your trauma. Third, I'm going to lay out for you how to reestablish a firm foundation for a healthy and whole life. And finally, I'll help you discover and step into the missional and redemptive purposes God has for you out of your trauma. Over the past several years of hosting this podcast, I've noticed some things. No one's pain journey is the same. However, there are some common denominators that every pain to purpose story shares. And there are some common things that everyone who goes from tragedy to triumph have to do. So my team and I took those common denominators and we distilled them into an 11 video curriculum to give you the handles, or as we call them, waypoints that you'll need in order to walk through your unique pain journey. This course is essentially an entire year's worth of counseling condensed into 11 videos and a fraction of the cost of counseling. I believe counseling is, is very important to your healing journey. If the Pain to Purpose course had existed back when I lost my wife in 2015, I still would have sought counseling, but I wouldn't have had to have spent so much time or money with that counselor because I would have been light years ahead of things 
just from taking the Pain to Purpose course. So I'd love to invite you to begin accessing the course today. You can go to course.nothingiswasted.com to do that. Again, that's course.nothingiswasted.com. And as a little bonus, I convinced my team to let me give you a discount. So right now, for a limited time, you can get $25 off the purchase of the course by using the promo code podcast at checkout. So again, that, that promo code is podcast. Maybe the course isn't something that you need right now, but you do have an option to purchase it as a gift for someone in your life who does need it right now. So just make sure you select the gift certificate option while you're purchasing that. So again, that's course.nothingiswasted.com and use the code podcast to get $25 off. Now back to this conversation. Well, it's, it's interesting because there's so much of the, you know, the, the pain journeys that we go on that, that is woven into also the calling and drawing of the Lord, right? You know, I think about what you're saying right there, Emmanuel, where uh, for, for anybody who is diving into any kind of what you would term as ministry or Christian service, or you're just kind of getting more, you know, on mission, right? In the Great Commission, you can begin to see a propensity of this like incongruence between the inner you and the outer you. Because you're putting on this pretense, you're putting on this show, like you can play the part, right? You know how to, you've been around the culture long enough that, you know, but, mm-hmm. but you can slowly start to feel your soul begin to erode if those two things aren't aligned, if they're not, you know, right. with, with integrity, if you're not a whole person. And it's so easy as pastors, ministers, even lay people serving in ministry, the more we dive into mission, I feel like that's one of the, one of the things that enemy tries to do is get that inner you and the outer you to really be incongruent. And that's what ultimately way down the road leads to what we see with a lot of these like pastors who are falling morally and stuff like that. It's because they never ironed that out and got those two things aligned. And so, you know, that's one of the things my mentor tells me about, but then also, you know, he, my mentor kind of instructs that sometimes pain, our pain journeys can force some of that, like, acknowledgement of going like, Hey, we got to look in the mirror and see is inner me and outer me are those lining up. And, you know, and so I want to use as a segue to just, you know, talk a little bit about your, your journey, because as you guys have been going through this journey of infertility, I'm sure that it's caused you to really dive in deep with the Lord and start to ask and wrestle with some very difficult things, both about the character and nature of God, but also about, about yourselves. So why don't you, why don't you kind of talk with us a little bit about this journey uh, that you guys have been on? Yeah, so um, we got married in 2007. Um, We didn't want to have kids right away. We kind of wanted to enjoy getting to know each other better in this new context of marriage. Um, We knew each other for like 20 years, so. We didn't know each other for a Yeah, you were serving in the kids' ministry together, right? That's right. That's right. I know all of his ex-girlfriends. All of them. I met them all. That's that's probably that's probably good information to have in your back pocket, right? To know. Yeah, she pulls it out. She pulls it out often. I know them all. You can't say the same about me because he's my one and only. I'm starting to see a trend here. Yes. Adrian's like straight and narrow, like, I mean, pure as pure can be, right? I mean, listen, I like legit, I remember as a teenager, I heard this message, but I mean, like I'm going to love him at this point. There was, I'm not even going to say the pastor's name. I heard this message. (laughs) 
Uh, I heard this message as a teenager, yeah. and he was talking about um, just marriage and relationships and, um, like, just things that he really valued for his daughters mm. and um, just, like, the this idea of, like, not practicing just dating just to be dating because it sets you up for a mentality of being ready for divorce. Mm. Like just being ready to escape from a relationship when things go wrong and they don't work out. Wow. Um, and and so I wanted to be, for, some of the things in that message was just like really being intentional about like building a relationship with a person. Um, if, if it's really serious, like, mm. okay, like let's be up front and like, this date with purpose. Yeah. Um, not in the toxic cultural way that right, we right. hear in some of the, like, um, like I'm, I know a lot of people have been talking about the flaws of the purity culture right. from yeah. back right. in our, in our day and yes. age, yeah. <laughs> in our young days. Um, not in that way, but um, I just, I had this mindset of like, if I'm going to date, I want to like really um, invest time into a relationship with a person yeah. um, that is, like someone I could see myself right. being with long term. And so um, I just, I didn't do a whole lot yeah. of dating. I had a lot of people that I might have been interested in, but it just didn't go anywhere. And so, yeah. like, when we were first dating, like, I broke up with him on the first night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I broke up with him because I was like, okay. <laughs> I was just like, um, you know, if this, if we're just doing this just for fun, yeah. then I don't yeah. want to do it. Yeah. And right. um, I had to assure her that. <laughs> so we got back together the next day. There you go. We stayed ever since. Yes. Um, so you know, we we've known each other from. We met in two thousand one, mm-hmm. and um, but we didn't start dating until two thousand six, mm-hmm. um, and so there was this time where we were just totally just friends, like brother and sister. People literally thought I was his actual sister. Wow. Um, which his sister, his real sister in real life did not like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so like, you know, we got married and it was pretty quick because we knew each other for a good while. Yeah. Um, got engaged in 2006 um, and married in 2007. So we dated and got engaged and got married all within the course of like 11 months. Yeah. Um, and so we we didn't rush right into having kids, um, but when we did decide to have children, it, it wasn't as easy as we had hoped for. Um, it took us maybe like three years before we had our son, um, who's ten now. Yeah. And it really like it was so cool. Like I remember we were at a New Year's Eve service at church, and this guy. Um, uh, one of the ministers at the church prayed for us and he felt like he was hearing from God um, that God was going to bless us with a child that we had been wanting um, and to be careful um, of what we asked for because we had been walking around talking about we wanted twins. <laughs> he was like, be careful what you ask for. <laughs> and then so we changed our mind yeah. and then literally a week later we found out that we were pregnant. Um, and so then, you know, my son, um, from like the time he was about three, he really began to peer pressure us <laughs> yeah. about wanting siblings. Yeah. And, um, we just were like, you know, we're not ready. Like financially, we're not where we want to be. Um, we don't want that pressure of, um, the financial burden of trying to, um, have a second child. Yeah. And so, 
The problem with that was, you know, we just assumed that when we got ready to have another child, it would just be, um, it would be fairly as yeah. easy as it was with our first, but it wasn't. <laughs> and so um, my son is 10 now. Yeah. Our son is 10. Yeah. And um, we eventually, I guess, probably after we started pastoring, we finally came to a point where we were like, okay, I think we might be ready. Yeah to like try again and it was not working um and we finally just kind of was like okay we're just going to stop trying and you know whatever happens happens and whenever you know we're not even going to put that much thought and attention to it um and sure enough like in 2019 unexpectedly we got pregnant and um it was a whole ordeal um like it was around Father's Day, and so I, I kept it a secret from him yeah. for a whole week. It was like the most difficult <laughs> thing, and I like yeah. did this cute little board thing, and like it was my Father's Day present to him and to his dad and my dad. Mm. Um, I was we were really excited, and literally like gave them the gift, and then on Father's Day weekend, I. Here at my parents' house, actually, I actually started to miscarry. And um, it was just like, you know, what in the world? Like, Uh, God, we weren't even asking for this. And then you give it, and then it felt like you take it away. And that started this series of miscarriages over the course of two years where we had four miscarriages. Oh, goodness. all connected most of the time to either major holidays or milestones or anniversaries. Like Mm. two of our miscarriages we had while we were on on our anniversary trip, um, like on our anniversary. Oh, my goodness. Um, And so it's been like a crazy journey because it, you know, while we're dealing with the infertility itself, um, the bigger challenge for me in that was like the struggle of my faith and yeah. like where God was in all of this because right. um, I didn't believe that God had caused it, but I believed that God had allowed it and I couldn't mm-hmm. understand why. Yeah. And so it's been a very, very interesting yeah. journey yeah. that I think that um, it was a lot of pain in it, but there was also a lot of growth in it. Yeah. Um, I yeah. feel like we're stronger in our faith. Um <clears throat> and stronger in our capacity to um, encourage and help other, others through difficult seasons, mm-hmm. even apart from fertility issues, right. um, because of what we've been able to endure even before we've gotten to the point that we're at now. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Man, guys, um, that's devastating. I mean, over, I mean, just like, like what you said, over the course of two years, having four miscarriages, and, you know, I can't help but note, again, what you were saying, that that they fell on these really significant dates or seasons. And, um, man, did you guys feel like that you, that you had um, people other than yourselves, other than each other, that could really walk with you in this? Did you have good community around you? Or was this something that you felt like you were having to carry by yourselves? There, so there was times when I felt like, for me, I was by myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but then there's times when I felt like we had, I had people around that I could actually talk to. 
Um, but even in that, it's it's. I know at least for me, there was I was I was pissed at God. I was yeah. so mad at him, and I could because and for me it was like. I prayed. I heard him tell me to start praying for my kids, mm-hmm. uh, for my, 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 my children. And it's like, this is before we even got pregnant. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, God, come on, man. Like, I'm praying specifically what you've asked me to pray, carved out time specifically for this. And you, it feels like you're not a good dad right now. Mm-hmm. Like, it just feels, it feels like, like if, if I did this to my son, he would be, like, hey, I got a PlayStation for you. Here it is. And then just get in and take it away. Like, that's a, hor- that's yeah. a horrible dad. Like, yeah. what in the world? Wow. And um, that's what it felt like. Yeah. Obviously, that's not what it is. But that's during this, man, the, all, during all of them. And then it just, that's what it felt like. Yeah. It came to a point, though, where it's like, no, God is a loving God. This is what the, his word says. He's a loving father. And I have to lean into him even during this time. Mm. Um, I might not understand the reasons why. I don't need to understand the reasons why. I need to just lean into lean into him even deeper. Mm. Um, and doing that and having that shift in mindset um, allowed me to really have those really like real conversations with my friends, the people that are around me um, to help me walk through that. And because at first, I mean, I, I, I kept a lot of things internally. Yeah. So like the, my pro, the way I process things is I just keep things inside, um, kind of chew it out, work through it. And if it comes up like where it's like, I can't handle this anymore, then that's when I'll, I'll talk that's not necessarily a healthy way of doing it. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, you know, I'm working, still working on that part yeah. <laughs> um, of me. Um, but uh, that's just how, I mean, I, I, I'm wired. Yeah. He comes yeah. downstairs and he's cleaning the baseboards and it's yeah. like, um, baby, so, you okay? Something's going on up here right now. Yeah. It's yeah. like, yeah, I'm yeah. good. I'm, I'm like, good, I'm good, I'm yeah. good. No, I know you well. Once yeah. you like start doing deep cleaning. Hey, how's <laughs> clean though? <laughs> That's right. I, this last time when we had this last miscarriage, um, he was he had went into um no, this wasn't the miscarriage. This was we had an issue with our son. Oh, yeah. Um and um <laughs> I came downstairs one morning and he was cleaning the, the wall and We've been married now. This summer will be 16 years, and I've never seen him clean the walls and the baseboards. And I I call my pastor, and I say, yo, like, I think you need to check on Manny because um, I've never seen him cleaning, mm. like, the walls and baseboards. Like, this is a whole new level. They were dirty. <laughs> they were dirty. <laughs> they were dirty. Yeah. Well, we, I mean, it's, it's, it's so true. Each one of us has our things that we kind of resort to when we feel out of control. Right. And it helps us to feel a sense of control over something. And it's just part of our human nature to whether it's cleaning walls or whether it's something else, you know, like we all have those things. And we, if we're, if we're self-aware enough, we can realize, wait, why am I doing this? Oh, I'm doing this because I'm having trouble sorting through this and processing this and coming to terms with it. And, you know, I'm curious 
Emmanuel, and both of you guys could answer this because I'm sure it's been part of both of your experience, but how do you go from this is the way I felt? Like I was, you, you said I was pissed at God. This is, he seemed like a really bad father, right? This is, and those are very real emotions, very common emotions that so many of us feel in, in lots of different places where we've found ourselves in tragedy or, or some kind of, you know, trauma. And, and yet you, you, you go from that to, but I know that that's not true. That, that's not an overnight. You can't just like flip that switch. Right. Can you, can you walk me on that journey or maybe show me some experience or, you know, maybe there's some things in your story personally where God showed up and, and showed you that experientially, you know, that, that, Hey, you can trust yeah. me. I'm a good father. You know, can you guys think of, of how that journey happened for you? So God reminded me of other things that he's walked us through and the, the, those moments being these markers in the sand of, of his goodness, his greatness, mm-hmm. and saying, I'm this way here. I'm still this way here as well. For example, like us working and doing what we do with our nonprofit, um, like that started from ground zero. Mm-hmm. And like at coming directly out of a really, really traumatic pastoring, with family situation, ending it like if we did not leave um, the way we did, I would probably not be talking to my dad today. Like it was really, it was really bad. And so like, and God walking through us, with us during that moment, giving us, um, giving us, in my opinion, a gift in this ministry of whole vibes Mm -hmm. that has allowed us to not only serve others, but us being in a position to be to 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 live our mission, to live our our purpose, and to even shift even our family um, to where we are. I mean, there was moments when we were very close to not having the rent, and yeah. like, oh my gosh! And God making provisions every step of the way, um, and He reminded me like, I'm good here. I'm I'm God here. I got you here. Yeah, I got you here. I know you don't understand, but trust me. And like, this was the common thread, even when talking with with uh, my friends and other um, guys that I was talking with. Mm. That you know, the 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 reminding that he's the same God. Yeah, he's the same one that has walked you with that and has brought that from zero to now having major impact. He's he's the same one trust and lean on that. And that's really what, like, I, I had to lean on that and be yeah. like, I mean, you're right. I can't deny like, like, you know, it's like, ah, I just, you know, maybe that happened like that. It's like, no, like God is here in this. I've seen him. I've spoke to him about it. We I've seen the path. I can't deny that he wasn't with me here. Yeah. He's still with me here, even in the midst of this. And I'm, and he wants me to lean in on that. And it's like, but I'm mad at you. I'm mad at you God. Okay. He's okay with me being mad at him. Yeah. He's perfectly fine with that. The issue is if when I stop talking to him yeah. and we're not talking at all, and he's the, and I'm not, that's the issue. But he doesn't like he. It's okay. Bring it to me, and that's and that and that's where, and I'm still learning how to do that. Like and that's not yeah. something that is like, 
I'm like 100% like, hey, you know, me and God are 100%. It's like, I, there's moments where I'm still like, man, God, I'm trusting you, man. Come on. Yeah. We good, but I'm, I'm, I'm still... I'm still worried about this. Yeah. I mean, I mean, and uh, so, yeah. Yeah. I just had this visual right now of Emmanuel, you washing the walls and the Lord coming up and being like, <laughs> Hey, what, what you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> that's, that's pretty much it. That's it. So in those moments of me cleaning and washing the walls, there's internal dialogue that I'm yeah. having with God. And so like, yeah. you know, I, I, I do sit down and pray and, and, and like have time like that. But th- a lot of times yeah. those conversations are happening when I am cleaning, That's when right. I'm on the floor yep. scrubbing and wiping walls and cleaning the kitchen, yep. there is real conversation. And I'm, and I'm choked, like whether it's eternally, like me thinking about what's going on or, or even like me and God having those conversations, it's like, yep. You know, I, I feel like I'm killing two birds with one stone. Hey, the house right? is immaculate. <laughs> the house is clean. It is. Yeah, yeah. Wow. And so I'm done, and I'm like, oh, snap. Okay. <laughs> it works in my advantage. Yeah, yeah, absolutely <laughs> does. Absolutely. <laughs> Hey, friends, we have an incredible lineup of podcast guests for you throughout the rest of this summer. But I, I want to note one that I am really excited about. I just recently had an awesome conversation with Blanca, the Christian performing artist that was nominated for Female Artist of the Year by the K Love Fan Awards. Now, you likely have heard her song with Dante Bow called The Healing. We discussed that at length in the conversation that I had with her. She also just released an incredible song that is sure to get your summer vibes going called New Day. I definitely want you to check her out on Spotify and on Apple Music. We'll be airing her episode the last week of August, so stay tuned for that. However, I wanted to make sure you knew about a really cool opportunity, a concert that is going on here in the Midwest, in the Chicagoland area, featuring Blanca. On Tuesday, August 9th, Blanca will be headlining a benefit concert. Now, this is not just any old concert. It's a party. In fact, it's called Praise Party in the Park. And it's taking place in Hoffman Estates, Illinois, so in the Chicagoland area. And tickets start at just $25. Now, the coolest part of this praise party is that every single dollar that comes in from ticket sales goes to support a partner ministry of ours called the Baton Pass. Now, you may remember Kelly Olson sharing her story on the Nothing Is Wasted podcast back in episode 190, talking about this ministry and that they believe there is power in your story. The Baton Pass hosts first-class events within the community in which women can hear stories from other women who have overcome what they are currently facing. So if you want to enjoy a beautiful summer night in the Chicagoland area, which by the way, August is my favorite time of year in Chicago, all while supporting a ministry that we believe in, get your tickets today for the praise party in the park. VIP tickets are going quickly. So visit gopromoters.com. Again, that's gopromoters.com to get your tickets now. We'll also include the link to that in the show notes of this episode. All right, back to the interview. Adrian, what about you? You know, I know that there were some really, I mean, just, I mean, raw emotions that you were having to deal with as you're walking through all of this. I'm sure you had some very honest thoughts about God, um, you know, and what, what was your, what was your dialogue with him like? I mean, what, what were the doubts that were creeping into your head? 
Yeah, I think for the first two, um, it was not a whole lot of dialogue because kind of like him, I really didn't want to talk to God. I was I was upset with him. And, and when when there was dialogue, it was like, yo, like, I love you, Lord. But this was like really messed up. Like, this doesn't make any sense. Like, why would you um, bless us in this way? and then allow it to be taken from us yeah. like, and then for it to happen repeatedly. Um, it just made it really hard for me to um, to trust at the level I, I felt like I should be trusting God because yeah. I felt like in the moments, I felt like he, he was unreliable. Like I couldn't depend on um, him to do what he said he would do. Yeah. Um, and so it was really... I, I really had to lean on, like you said earlier, like borrowing the faith of others. Um, I did have strong communities of friends who um, I could most to. Um, sometimes I wasn't praying; they were. Yeah. <laughs> I right. had some friends that sometimes they were like, "It's okay. We just we're gonna link up, like the three of us, four right. of us. We're gonna link up over the phone. You don't have to say anything." Um, we're going to pray. You yeah. just you just sit there and listen. You can sit there and cry. You can do whatever. You can sit there and be mad. And we're going to pray. Um, and we're going to use our faith on on you guys' behalf. And yeah. um, that was really significant for me. Um, and I think maybe around after the second miscarriage, um, I really, like, I had this moment where, like, in, in praying, like, it's just like, you know, God, where are you? Like, yeah. it would, I, I remember there was this one time I was like, it would be one thing, like, if all of this had happened and I still felt like your nearness, like yeah. your presence, and I don't feel anything. Um, prior to that first miscarriage, that year was just really crazy. Like, we had yeah. so many losses in our family from January yeah. to May. So my grandmother passed away yeah. in, Feb in that February, and that was really hard and depressing for me. Right after that, two weeks later, one of my best friends, her mom unexpectedly passed away. Um, I think maybe a week after that, one of my close friends' husband unexpectedly passed away. Maybe two weeks after, two or three weeks after that, one of the few older members of the church that we used to pastor, he unexpectedly passed away. And I mean, there weren't many older <laughs> church right. members who right. really fully supported us as young leaders. And he just yeah. like he went for like a small outpatient yeah. surgery and yeah. ended, ended up dying. Yeah. Um, wow. And then I had a cousin younger than me. He got into a car accident, was hit by a car. And Man. so it was just loss after loss after loss. And then I finally felt like I was catching my breath from all of that. And then I get pregnant. And it was like, oh, this is so unexpected. This is this is amazing. And then literally within a week of finding out, um, maybe a week and a half, then it was snatched away. Oh, and so um, there was just a lot of feelings of anger um, and disappointment and distrust yeah. um, that begin to brew in me. And I think maybe after the second one um, and praying about all of that, um, I had this image of like, I'm, I'm sitting in this grief and God showing me that he was sitting there with me mm. um, and that he was grieving with me. 
um, and that he felt this, he felt my pain and he was sharing in my pain. Um, and so I, I, I began to have to be more intentional um, to try to um, personally me draw closer to God because yeah. it wasn't that he had left. I was drawing back right. because I was angry at him. And so each time after that, I had to try to make an intentional effort. Like I remember um, I, I love music. I love singing. Um, I listen to worship music all the time of different different flavors and, and you know, cultures yeah. and everything. And um, at that time, I struggled like I would struggle in church mm-hmm. um, because I would hear these songs and I'm like, mm, we're singing these lyrics, but is it is this really true? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, we're singing, you know, God, you've never lost a battle. And it's like, mm, but mm-hmm. is that true? Like, I feel like we lost some battles here, God. Like, wow. we're on the third miscarriage now, you wow. know, and there was just, you know, these songs and these lyrics and I would struggle with them and sometimes even just have to leave out. Um, and so one of my my things was learning that even worship is an act of faith. Mm. Um, and so I would begin to, at home, I would challenge myself to um, listen to music, sing the songs, regardless of whether I believe them at that moment or not, um, to almost like re- reprogram my thinking and um, rebuild my faith um, yeah. step by step. And, you know, it wasn't easy, but I think that um, it's changed the d- dynamics of who I am now, where yeah. even though, you know, difficulties come, um, I'm I'm less likely to draw back from God like I was before. Yeah. Um, so when we had the fourth miscarriage, um, I, we were disappointed. You know, we were in, this was last summer, we, we were, were in the Dominican Republic. On our anniversary. Um, wow. Yeah, again. Wow. <laughs> and, um, you know, we got back and I remember the week we got back, We there was like this major, like, Hornets basketball event we had to do. We had to put on the smiles and yeah. engage with the community. Yeah. Um, all while I'm still miscarrying. And a month had passed and I was like, man, I feel like I feel like I'm doing good. Like huh. am I okay? Like <laughs> I called yeah. I called and scheduled an appointment with my therapist <laughs> just because I was like, it's been a month mm. and I feel like I'm somewhat I'm somewhat okay. Mm. Um, where typically that's not the case. And, that you know, I was like, I just want to make sure I'm not, like, suppressing anything, you yeah. know, like, just want to make sure that I'm healthy um, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and physically. Yeah. Um, and so I think, you know, through each one, um, God was helping me to realize, you know, like, he's here in the midst of it all. And even when it doesn't look like it, he's still there. And, um he can be trusted yeah. even when it doesn't make yeah. any sense. Yeah. That's yeah. so good. And I, I, I think, and for me as a husband, for her, these these moments, like it is it's extremely difficult to sit back and help as much as you can, Yeah, but still feel like you're not doing anything. Like, like I remember the, it was the third the one. The third yeah. one, we were wow. in Charleston on, on our anniversary. Our anniversary. Wow. And this was this, this was, was the, worst the most traumatic situation personally that I've we've I've been with her 
And she's literally sounding like she's giving birth. At, oh, at, at, at moments, she's like, I need to go to the hospital. And I'm like, yeah. Do this was in the, the middle of COVID. Oh, and I was goodness. begging him to take me to hospital. Wow. And he was begging me not to take him, yeah, not to yeah. go to the hospital because, like, this was, wow, like, so tough. During it, it, really big time, yeah, bad right. time of COVID. It was, and I yeah. was like, oh. I, I don't know if I'm going to make it through this. Right. Like, yes. and it, there was, like, really nothing he could do but, like. Go to the store a whole bunch of times, <laughs> get as much, anything she asked for. I'm Like, it just, it was. Man. And I think back, oh, no, at that, and was like, man, God, like. Even that, you were with us, with me, like, because it just was a, just a very, very emotional time. And, like, we recently went back to Charleston, and it was, like, immediate, like, flashback of, Mm -hmm. like, trauma. Um, And it was just like, okay, God, help me through this. Yeah, yeah. Help me through this. Because even just being back in the city was just like, oh, my goodness. Brought those feelings back. That was not fun at all. Yeah. Wow. And even now, so now we're we're yeah. pregnant with triplets. Wow. <laughs> so that's, oh, man. That's, that's a thing of itself. Yeah, so. right, right. I was not mad with God about that, too, because I was like, wait a minute. We're grateful. We didn't ask. This was yeah. not what we discussed. Wow. I didn't want three. Ask for one. You don't have to, like, repay us for multiple uh, losses all at the same time. Oh, my you goodness. Know, like, well, let's, okay, let's talk about that, because you're right. That is a whole a whole nother sorting through some very complex emotions. But before yeah, we get to that, I'm really, tripping. I know, right. Before we get to that, I'm curious about this. Cause you know, we've talked a little bit about like vertically, each of you guys and one-on-one dialogue with the Lord. And you started to kind of go down this road, Emmanuel, but I want you to talk a little bit more about what this journey has done for the two of you guys. And, you know, mm-hmm. you said at the beginning of this, that you guys have known each other for forever. You're like brother and sister, which I imagine that probably really helped in galvanizing just your friendship and your, the, the fortitude of your relationship. But this can often come between couples because you're on, you know, mm-hmm. separate stages and phases of grief and you're, you're having trouble syncing up like that or supporting each other. So talk about what this has done between the two of you guys. So my perspective has been I'm not I'm not carrying the physical part of this mm. at all. So my I'm just carrying the emotional spiritual part. She's carrying an emotional spiritual and physical part. Right. right. And I'm like I'm like I I just want to help. I want to be yeah. able to protect my wife. I want to be able to 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 help her. And I know, like, there's a journey in the, and I mean, I can't, I, I, I ne- there was a never a moment where I was like, she need to hurry up and get over this because that's not, that's not something I, 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 who am I to say that? Like, yeah. and it definitely, I mean, I feel like there was moments where she was further along um, in her kind of faith building journey back. And vice versa. In first two, I wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> I was in the bed for days. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so the only thing I could do could could do is pray. Yeah, and wow. and be and be and be there, and say, you know, babe, what you need? You need anything? And like, and just try to try to just be there, not even fully saying anything. I remember the third one. I mean, it just was like there was moments where we just hugged and cried. That's it. Mm. And it was just like, I, cause I didn't know what to do. Yeah. There was nothing I could do as a husband, but 
just be there because um, I couldn't I can't fix the situation. I couldn't there was nothing I can do. I mean, me just going to the store and grabbing some ginger ale or something that doesn't do anything. That's yeah. just as you're not thirsty for a second. But that doesn't fix the problem. Um, and I can't fix the problem. I'm 100 percent helpless in this. There's nothing I can do. And as a husband, as a man, and as a problem solver, as yeah. a problem solver, <laughs> as a wall that cleaner, was trash. That is yes, very yes. difficult. I'm like, I'm like that, that is very difficult. Yeah. yeah. Because there's there's just I don't have any answers. Right. Um. Except, you know, and and so not so I don't have the answers. And the one that I would typically go to for the answers, I am not talking to him right now. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like. <laughs> It's like, I, I just, I don't have anything I, yeah. except wow. just my presence. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah. My, I think for us as a couple, though, like, I know, I know lots of people talk about how it created a rift in their relationship with their, with their spouse. Um, I don't think that was the case for us um, because our friendship is so close, like our our marriage is like at the core, it's more about our friendship. Yeah. Like we actually like each other. We're yeah. actually, fr- yeah. you know, we're friends. And so um, we we always view ourselves as a team. We're on the same team. Mm-hmm. And so um, even in difficult times, like, you know, even if we're frustrated, we're angry, like it all comes back to we're on the same team. And yeah. so we don't need to like go at each other in right. this. Like right. we didn't cause this. Um, we're both two individuals, even though we're a team. And so like how we process things may be different. Um, we might process those things at a different pace. And so I think we, we were both really patient with one another. And so I don't think there was ever a time during any of the miscarriages where we were angry with one another. It was more so <laughs> as a yeah. team, right. we're angry with yeah. God. Right. We're going to work together on this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so we oh, were on so a bad. united front. We yeah. were we were a That's, team right. to the core. Yes, yes. Um, and, you know, even so, you know, my first, the first two miscarriages, I, my faith was like not good. I, I was slow on my journey um, to spiritual recovery. Um, the third one was so traumatic that that made it that made it harder mm-hmm. um, spiritually because it was like it wasn't even like the other two. Like the other not. two were the first one wasn't. It was more emotionally hard because it was like, oh, this big surprise is yeah. exciting. We're expecting this. Give a Father's Day present. Oh no, give me that Father's Day present back because it is miscarried, you know. And then the second one was a little bit, you know, it was a little harder physically. But this third one was like mm. on some other stuff, like where I'm talking like I was I was having anxiety attacks after that. Wow. Um, I was scared to go to our bathroom, you know, <laughs> like yeah. it was just yeah. like because it, just the reminders of like right. I basically spent our whole anniversary week for a few days um that week between the bed and the bathroom and it was just so horrible um the fourth one i like i said i kind of like the pace was a little bit quicker and you know we got back to the states and my first thing was i need to go to church like i need my faith community to surround me because i'm not all the way okay um but like i just from jump, I was like, okay, I need to be intentional to stay close to God. 
um, which is the opposite of what I've typically done. Yeah. Um, and he was like, I don't want to go to church. Yeah. <laughs> and so like, yes. yeah. it was right. like a few weeks before yeah. um, he went back and I was just going myself because yeah. I felt like, you know, this is what I need. But even in that time, we were still on the same team. And like, um, during the times where I was I was slow in my process, he wasn't critical, judgmental of me. When he was slower and wasn't vibing with God, wasn't feeling church, I wasn't like, hey, dude, you need to get up and come to church. I wasn't like pushing him or forcing right, him. Right. I was patient and understanding where, where, where he was. And I think that that just, that helped it to continue to work well for us as a team. We, yeah. you know, we were understanding of each other wow. and um, cared about where each other, where we were, and um, and we and we pray for one another. Yeah, like we, yeah. we're not the type of couple that really does a lot of praying together. You know, yeah. we always early on we we're like, yeah, we're gonna do it, yeah, and it never pray. really, yeah, <laughs> never yeah. Sorry, yeah. and so Cause, you know, cause she be she be wiping the walls with me, and I don't think she she down for that. and so it's, it's just. You know, we don't have a lot of like prayer times together, mm-hmm. um, but we both have prayer lives. And yeah. and so I think, you know, we were praying for one another. Um, we had other people who were praying. And I think for me, too, I was intentional from the very first one. Um, like this isn't something that I feel shame about that. I'm mm-hmm. going to hide. Um, and so I was very public. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. With our miscarriages, um, with his permission, you know, I, every time I waited and I was like, are you OK with me, you know, talking about what what we've experienced and like how we're feeling yeah. um, on our public platforms? And if at any moment, if he would have said, I'm not ready yet, I don't know if there was a time no. whenever he no. did say that. But um, I wanted to be mindful of, you know. If I'm if I go public with how I'm feeling, that means automatically he's public, right, <laughs> you right, know. Right. Um, and so it was just one of those things where, like, I felt like, especially after the first one, I was yeah. like, because I was angry. I was like, all right, if I have to go through this, then I'm going to repurpose my pain by sharing my experiences with others so that others can get hope through yeah. what I'm going through. Um, and it was just that, that first time alone, it was amazing because there were so many people that would send me messages and say, man, I wish I wish I had the the kind of courage you have and you're so wow. brave. And I'm like, how am I brave? I just tell you about this miscarriage that I had. Wow. Um, but it like being able to be vulnerable and transparent with others, um, it helped me because I wasn't like having to hold all this stuff in and continue to live life like everything is normal yeah. and everything is OK when it's not. Um, and so I was able to be real with people and right. be like, hey, you know, if I'm not at 100, this is why. Like, yeah. I might not get to your emails in 24 to 48 hours because yeah. I'm depressed. Here, here's why. Yeah. Um, and at the same time, I, it was also letting other people who were facing similar situations or other situations that was challenging their faith yep. know that, hey, they're not alone. Um, leaders are real people too. We have struggles, we have difficulties, we have moments in time where 
we're angry with God and here's the journey. Like here's our process. This is how we get back um, to a a sound and stable place in our walks with God after traumatic situations. And so every time that we've gone through these experiences, um, you know, it's not the day of we go, you know, and say, Hey, Facebook, hey, Instagram, guess what just happened to us? Right. No, you know, usually it's a couple of weeks or so, yeah. um, but we've brought people along for the journey. And yeah. even as we've gone through um, these last, I don't know, eight or nine months dealing with fertility specialists and stuff, we, you know, we decided, okay, we're going to vlog this experience. We've never done that with any of the other um, pregnancies. And um, we've taken people along with, for the journey with us. Wow. And even in that, like just seeing the um, impact that it that it has, yeah, like yeah. just numbers of messages, um, pers- private messages of how it's helped people. Yeah. Um, like to me, it was like from that very first one, it was like, okay, enemy, if you you stole my child, I'm gonna make you pay for it by giving as much right. hope to other people as That's I can. Great. Yeah. That's great. That's so good. Wow. Yeah, I mean it. It takes a. It definitely takes a, a level of courage and you know to be vulnerable like that and to walk this out in front of people, you know. But the impact that you're making because of it, the, the way you're able to reach into people's hearts and give them some language that maybe they haven't been able to articulate, you know, the way that you're able to point them to hope in the midst of their suffering, in the midst of their disappointment, you know, it's it's. Um, it, it, I can't say it's worth it. It's not like it overrides the, um, what the painful emotions or the things you're going through, but what it does is it brings some meaning to it. You go, wow, this, okay, God's using this, you know, and I can hold those two things in tension. I can hold this very real hurt and pain and disappointment that I'm experiencing. And at the same time, I can also hold the wonder and amazement and awe of the impact that God is using this for in other people's lives. And, um, and it's, you know, so, I mean, I'm proud of you guys for being willing to be open because that's not an easy thing by any stretch of the imagination. It's, it takes a lot of courage. Um, now you I guys, remember, are, yeah, go um, ahead, go ahead, Adrian. Um, I guess it was maybe last year. Um, we, we started attending this other church and, um, they were, we've known the pastors for a long time and, um, but we had just, you know, we had decided, we felt like this was where God was sending us for this season. And we hadn't joined yet, but I remember we, they had talked to us about um, doing a message <laughs> um, for upcoming Sunday. And this was like, this was probably shortly after, I don't know, the third or fourth miscarriage. Mm-hmm. No, it had to be after the fourth yeah, miscarriage. Yeah. And we were like, you you sure about that? Like, we're not good right now. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> like, we're kind of like angry with God right now. You're asking us to to do a message. And I was like, I I absolutely declined. She did. Like, she so, did. like she, he did it. She threw me out there. I, I did. Like, I was like, no, I'm, you're going to do it. I'm not, I'm not there yet. I'm, <laughs> I, I, I don't have nothing for you people. Yeah. Um, but he like in the midst of it, like, and he shared on faith and mm-hmm. um, just like was very open and transparent with, where he was in in the process and it was so good like it it encouraged me (laughs) and like i was in that same journey with him and and so i i feel like um it's definitely been like a learning experience of how to 
still be connected to God yeah. in the midst of like these crazy, unexplainable difficulties yeah. and still allow yourself to be used by God in those moments yeah. when you, you, you still haven't sorted everything out. Like right. I was, I was in awe of just his ability to be able to do that. Cause I was just like, wow. Nah, I wow. Got nothing for you. Yeah. Wow. Well, now you guys, you know, you've, you've learned that you're, you're pregnant, not just pregnant with one baby, not two, but three with triplets. Yeah. And you right. already alluded to the fact that this, this brings a lot of mixed emotions. Um, I'm sure on some level, a, a lot of excitement, but also a lot of, you know, probably a lot of fear, a lot of anxiety, a lot of trepidation, a lot of like, I mean, aside from the fact that there's three, right, that would bring anxiety to anybody, but also because of what you guys have walked through. Can you share with me some of the, you know, complexity of what you guys are wrestling through right now with this? Yeah. So, um, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I'm grateful. Mm. Um, at the same time, I, it's, it's shocking. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying yeah. it's just, it's shocking. Um, because it's like, wait, uh, there's just a lot of like, just logistical things <laughs> that just kind of goes out of, like, yeah. I got to work through some stuff. I got to, I'm, I'm having to yeah. switch over to like the floors now to yeah. clean. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, it's not just the walls now. <laughs> <laughs> nah, yeah. So, um, the, it's like, again, I'm not, and I'm not holding the children. She's yeah. holding the children. Right. And so there's, again, this position of, I am so grateful that God has allowed us to have kids, mm. have three. Initially, there was even the possibility for a fourth one. And I'm, and so this is, it's, it's wow. insane. <laughs> it's insane. I'm, and, and, you know, some kids would, would be like, oh, you guys went to a specialist and this is, you know, we didn't do like the IVF. This is just kind of a, they did a ovulation trigger. Mm. So it just was a shot and everything's timed out. There's still, there was like, it's like a 3% chance of multiples in this situation. Wow. And we got three of them. Wow. And, um, <laughs> oh my God. And so I'm like, God, like, I'm like, wow. Like, What's what's going on? Is it is is there miswire somewhere in our wow. conversation? Wow. <laughs> or like, yeah. but it's it, again, it's it's at this place where it's a weird place because I am yeah. really grateful and I'm excited. <laughs> I'm still nervous, and there's that there's times where I'm still having to live with, like, you know, my mind goes into into past situations. I'm yeah. like making sure she's okay, but I can't, you know, like because. I don't want her to miscarry now right. at all. Right. And, but those fears are still there. Like they're, they're, they, they come up and, and it's like, I have to, you know, chop them off and give it to God. Like you are, he is the one that is the author of keeping my, my wife and these children healthy and yeah. safe. And yeah. I have like, because I'm at a place of full surrender because there's nothing I can do. Right. There's nothing I can do, but the only thing I can do is just make sure she's good, making sure that she is uh, comfortable as possible. As possible. Right. <laughs> but like, wow. there's like, it's just like in the in the, the actual like growth of those children, I can't do anything. 
Yeah. I can't make sure that they they're healthy. I can't. Only thing I can do is just pray and ask God to keep them healthy and safe. Um, and that's that's that is that is a uh, that's a little bit scary. Yeah. At the same time, it's a it's it's a lot of like it's love next level trust of yeah. God. Like and that's the only place I can be. Right. Um, it's kind right. of like a force. It's like you go trust me. And it's like I'll, I have to. Okay. Yeah. I have to trust you. <laughs> Man. I don't have a choice. <laughs> wow. What is like, what am I going to do it? I can't do nothing. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. no, it's him. Yeah, I'm trusting him 100%. Yeah. I think him and my son and the rest of the world, <laughs> literally, like the whole journey is like, you can go to our, our um, website and watch the episodes, like, and see our very raw reactions yes. in wow. the doctor's office. And, um, like, I think my family and everyone else, they came to this place of extreme excitement way before I did. I yeah. was, my initial reaction was extreme shock. Um, by, we made, by the time we made it to the checkout desk at the doctor's office, yes. I was having a full anxiety attack. Wow. <laughs> and over the next few days after that, I was progressively more and more depressed because I was like, Okay, not only do I have to carry three, like one is hard enough, yeah. but then like carrying three in my body, um, that's a lot. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's a whole lot. And then after they're born, like <sighs> three newborns at one time, like one is like yeah. interesting. Yeah. You know, like I like I like my sleep. Yeah. How am I gonna yeah. sleep with three newborns? Oh like, you know, just all of that was just like, okay, Lord, what are you doing? Right, right. <laughs> um, and so it it took me, it is taking me a lot more to get to um, a place of excitement than yeah. it is everybody else. Like everybody's super excited. Yeah. Like, and actually, I've enjoyed watching other people's excitement and the hope that they have from watching our journey and their feeling of inspiration um, and their willingness to hope again in their own situations. Like yeah. I've been more excited about that mm. than I have necessarily about having triplets. Wow. <laughs> um, but I'm getting there. It's just, it's just slow. <laughs> yeah. Um, just a little bit slow. It's a lot to Last absorb. Week, it was yeah. like the first time I was like, I was in target and I was like, Oh, look at this little <laughs> baby, whatever. And I was like, Oh, that'll be wow. so cute on three of them, you know? Wow. <laughs> wow. And so it's like, you know, just a very, I don't know, they, I guess it's the problem solver in him that's like, wow. okay, this is what it is. Yes. I, I got to start making plans and figuring out what we're going to do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, me, I'm more so and more likely <clears throat> to sit with the reality and how I'm feeling about it. Um, I process a lot of that more on the front end and yeah. then get to the other stuff later on. Wow. Wow. And I guess that's why we work good as a team. Hey. <laughs> Man. Wow. Yeah. That's just, wow. That's so it's, I can't, I can't imagine how overwhelming that would feel right now. And, you know, we're kind of hearing this and, and watching this in real time with you guys, you know, and so it's that, that again, it's just testimony to the fact that, you know, what you guys have made it a point to do and you've made it a point to bring other people along on the journey. And so, 
you know, I can even tell right now it's, you're, you're going, it's really difficult to articulate how we feel about this. We haven't had enough time to really process this. Enough. And I don't know how you can ever have enough time to process triplets, right? It's like, you're never ready for that sort of a thing. But well, I'm grateful that you guys are, you know, even right now in this moment, that your vulnerability and transparency to say, we don't know, but we just have to trust. We just have to trust. And I think for me, this sounds so simple, almost oversimplified, almost reductionist. Like that's really the point of this whole journey, isn't it? Is trust, right? It feels like that's all the Lord is trying to teach us as human beings is I can be trusted. I can be trusted. You can trust me. And, and it, it, it really, I, I sometimes resent the fact that in my own life, it takes me getting to these places where I feel so out of control, where even washing walls doesn't help me to, you know, be able to process through those things. But it's like, it's, it ta- it's those moments where I can finally relinquish that control to the Lord and go, Lord, I, I have, I have zero control in this situation. I need to trust you. You are, you are my provider. You are our fortress. You are our salvation. You are our saving, uh, you know, uh, our, our saving grace. And and so this is, this is the point of this whole journey for all of us. And, um, and, and if we could just get the trust thing, right. It's like, if we could just get that and yet we, we constantly find ourselves in, back in the space where the Lord is teaching us trust. Um, I'm excited for you guys. I'm super excited for you guys. And uh, I know that our, our community that's listening to this, they're really excited too. They're going to be want to follow. They're going to want to follow along on this journey with you guys. I would love before we kind of, before we close, um, I would love for you to share a little bit about the ministry that you guys do. I know it's not necessarily related to this, you know, sometimes what well, you said it earlier, Adrian, you said we want to repurpose this pain. We actually have a, a course that so much of our community are going to be familiar with. We launch it in churches worldwide called pain to purpose. Right. And so that's the whole idea of this podcast is how are you repurposing your pain? And some people take this direct thing that, that you know, this thing that they've gone through and they directly correlate it with this new purpose that they're living out like a mission or a ministry and stuff. Well, you guys were in ministry all along, and so you're doing this ministry as you're walking through your pain, but I have to imagine this pain that you've walked through and, and, and are walking through has enhanced your ministry on some level. It has really bled into how you do ministry. Can you just share just you know briefly what you guys do, how you do it, and, and maybe even a little bit of how this has impacted that ministry? Um, so I, I think... We're very multifaceted. Yeah. Um, like our our main thing is Hope Vibes. That's the nonprofit that we started uh, in 2017 um, that was geared towards coming up with creative solutions to help meet some of the needs for people who are um, trying to transition out of homelessness. Mm-hmm. And and so it really it started accidentally. Um, mm-hmm. I saw a video on YouTube about a young woman who was sharing about dealing with her menstrual cycle while living on the streets. Oh, wow. And um, just how during that time of the month, it was really difficult because she would have to decide whether she would use the limited income that she had to buy food that week or buy feminine hygiene products. Wow. And so she would use the money for food and then she would make her own feminine hygiene products, tampons and pads out of things like toilet paper, 
tank top socks. And wow. I'm just seeing and hearing the stories of her and a few other women that were on that video. It just was um, shocking to me. It was upsetting. And um, I just, it, it was unbelievable to wow. me. I had never thought about that aspect of homelessness up until that point. And so um, I did what a lot of people do. I took to Facebook and I had a little rant. And um, to my surprise, um, a lot of the people who were following at that time, they had never thought about that that situation either. And wow. um, they were very eager to do something about it. They wanted to help me do something about yep. it, even though yep. I never said I was doing anything. So mm-hmm. people were volunteering to bring me hygiene products and volunteering to go out to the streets with me. And I was like, yo, I... Y'all are getting out of, out of hand here. I was just telling y'all for awareness purposes. Um, and so that's really kind of how we got started. We, I tell people, um, Facebook kind of pushed us into our purpose because wow. from that post, that one post, we ended up a month later, um, we collected items from all those people who said they wanted to help. We prepared bags with a few friends at our church and we hit the streets. And when we got out there, we, we found that it was, hygiene was a much bigger issue than what we had realized. It wasn't just women because there were men and children that were yeah. like, hey, do you have any deodorant? Do you yeah, have right. any toothpaste right. and toothbrushes? Wow. Um, and so we, we recognized that there was this gap in service, this unmet need, um, because typically everyone was focusing on food and clothes when it comes yeah. to providing services to people experiencing homelessness. And so we saw this gap and we realized, okay, we can use our influence in our broad community of supporters that we didn't even know we had (laughs) to to meet this need. And um, we actually thought it was going to be a one and done type situation. Um, When we went the second time to bring other hygiene products, we thought that would be it. Um, but by the third time, we were um, receiving hygiene donations by the truckload. Wow. And then people were wanting to give us money. And yeah. it was at that point we were like, okay, we wow. might need to make this like a legit situation because we're not going to jail over yeah. <laughs> hygiene yeah. products and money. And so right. um, it was from there we really just started building relationships with people who were living on the streets and having conversations. and. Um, learning what the gaps in service were, um, hearing from God on what what needs were that we had never even imagined. Like yeah. shortly, maybe about six months after we got started, um, Emmanuel had a dream about a, a large city bus that had um, laundry units and showers in it. Yeah. And wow. he literally woke me up at like three o'clock in the morning and was like, hey, babe, I just had this dream. And I was like, Okay, I'm going back to sleep. Wow. (laughs) And he stayed up and researched it. And the closest thing he could find to what God had showed him was in Australia in a small sprinter van. And from there, like, um, we really felt like God was saying, you know, it wasn't time to go public with um, that that vision yet. But he and another friend of ours, they started researching and drawing up plans on whiteboards um, for this crazy idea that wow. God had given, um, and it, things have just spiraled from there. We yeah. actually built that that thing that he had a dream oh my for. Gosh, that's awesome. Um, 
and we're raising funds to build additional ones in different cities. Wow. Um, and so it's it's been a really amazing journey, another journey where we've had to trust God because it wasn't one of those things where yeah. we were like this huge nonprofit <laughs> that already had resources. Yeah, yeah. Like right. we were literally building something from the ground up yeah. and um, getting the funds along the way. Right. And, you know, right. we would... We, we bought this first truck off of the face, Facebook marketplace. It was an old, used, recycled car parts truck <laughs> <laughs> that we repurposed. For 8500 bucks. Wow. Yeah. wow. We repurposed it. That's and awesome. um, there were times where the money for this project would be about to run out. And he'd be like, all right, God, this is your thing. You, you can't be a deadbeat dad to this project. Like, wow. you're going to have to provide. And... We saw him do just that. Like we'd be like literally almost out of money for building this thing, and then out of nowhere we get a call from Bank of America, and they're like, "Hey, would twenty five thousand help you on your project wow. for the Hope Tank?" Well, yes, it would. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And so we've seen God's faithfulness over <laughs> yep. and over, um, and it's really been another opportunity to trust Him every step of the way. But it's wow. also given us a greater platform yeah. um, to share our message of hope um, in other um, in other areas. And so where a lot of people may have found out about us through Hope Vibes, um, they, they also get the other side that um, talks about, yeah. you know, challenges with faith and infertility and yeah. whatever else, you know, we might be experiencing or feeling <clears throat> about things that are going on in society today. Wow. Um, and so I think that that's why we kind of have this other arm called Hope Unleashed, mm. um, where we are able to bring inspiration and hope and encouragement to people um, that's separate from the work that we do with um, the issues of homelessness, but still really geared towards helping people um, at whatever place of life they're in. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's really centered on a it's a, a Christ centered message. We might not use um, Christianese in everything yeah. that we say and do, um, but we are very intentional to be able to um, use the gifts that God has given us to be um, an inspiration and a, a means of empowering others to live out their purpose. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That's awesome, guys. I mean, I, I love the fact that you just you just kind of. You, you learned of a need and you said, okay, God, what can I do to meet this need? Right. And, and really it wasn't even like necessarily just going directly to meet this need, but you're like, something's got like, you're even processing out loud. Some, somebody's got to do something about this. Right. And the Lord just, whoosh, he brings the resources, the people around you. And, you know, I think that, um, you know, as I, as we run our ministry and, 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 and the things that we're doing, I, I, I am constantly finding myself as well at this place where it's like, Lord, the vision is way too big. It's it's beyond the resources and what we have. And he's constantly bringing me back to this place of trust and trust and trust. And can we go back to that, right? It's like, that's what this yeah. whole journey is about, whether it's about trusting him with, you know, with your, with your wife's health or trusting him with, you know, your, your children or trusting him with your ministry, your organization, your business. It's really about, you know, the Lord teaching us that he can be trusted and that he's a good, yeah. a good father. And, and so I, I love that you guys are, walking that journey out and you're sharing it so publicly. Um, you know, we'd love to follow along. I know our, our community would love to, 
maybe even get involved in the ministry you're doing or just kind of hear and follow what you guys, um, you know, the journey that you guys are on right now, how can we stay in touch with you? Um, what, what are some places that we can connect with you guys? So for Hope Vibes, hopevibes.org is the best place to get everything Hope Vibes. That's the nonprofit side of things. Um, for the, the journey of everything else from our pregnancy journey to uh, random food reviews that I just like to do because <laughs> I'm random and like stuff, you can go to you go hopeunleashed.me and um, that's everything there is pretty much everything else. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. You can awesome. go on pretty yep. much any yep. social media platform to yep. get connected with Hope Vibes um, at Hope Vibes CLT. So we're on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, um, TikTok, and LinkedIn. Yes. yes. <laughs> at Hope Vibes CLT. That's awesome. Um, and then personally, we share things um, on pretty much all platforms. I'm at Yo Adrian CLT and he's at Oh Boy Fresh. With a PH. So we <laughs> like right. to have fun. I love it. Yes, we'll it. enjoy the food reviews. There, that's right. There are lots of good laughs. Yes. <laughs> I love it. That's awesome. Well, guys, thanks so much for being with me and, and sharing with our with our community and uh, just really uh, just really value what, what you guys are, are doing and what you're saying and, and the journey that you're on. So thank you for spending some time with us. Such a good, I mean, they're always good conversations, yep. Davey, but I love yeah. hearing, I mean, so grateful that they shared their story because I know so many of our listeners, I you know. out there have suffered difficult miscarriages. Um, and so just, you know, incredible to hear about their pain and how God showed up in it. And now, Absolutely. wow, they're pregnant, pregnant with triplets. I thought it was really interesting to hear Amazing. their like struggle with that after they've, you know, I mean, they, they're very outspoken about, Hey, we're struggling with how to reconcile this. And man, we've wanted with this for so long. And now it's like, wait, God, okay, three, we don't know if we want this, you know? And so that, isn't that just an interesting study a little bit on our own humanity yeah. where we, yeah, we think we want something we don't, and then we don't know that we don't want that. And then we, you know, it's like, yeah, God's Very ways real. are so much higher than our ways. And, yeah. um, and so I just think in all of it, we begin to go, all right, Lord, how do I trust you in this? Whatever lot you have put in front of me, how do we trust you in this? And that right there, man, if we could just, all of us, I'm so guilty of, if we could just get that, right? <laughs> oh, uh, if we could just get that, how nice, how nice it would be, wouldn't how it? How much easier would life be, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, this is well, very real though. We have it. very real questions when it comes to pain and suffering. Mm-hmm. And we um, we all wrestle with these things. And so we want you to go and ask those questions on the community platform. We would love to do our best to answer those questions. We may not be able to provide answers or anything that's going to resolve that issue for you, but we can at least dialogue about it and maybe bring some reframing or some insight yeah. into you know our own experience or these conversations that we've had, what we've learned. So someone asked this question, Aubrey and I are going to tackle it. I struggle with isolation and feeling different from 99% of the people in the world because of a unique and devastating betrayal from a one flesh partner. My guess is that like you, there are only a handful of others that have gone through the exact trauma we have, we each have experienced. My life is so different from the rest of the normal population because of the cleanup and recovery process, which causes me to pull back and clam up. Frankly, Mm. because of the circumstances of my trauma, I don't feel like I fit into society. 
I was wondering if you feel this way at times and what your perspective is. Your ministry is one of very few that accept pain as a gift to be used to the Lord. I know it must be hard, but you are an amazing blessing, both compassionate mm. and wise. Um, wow. Thank you for asking that. And this, this yeah. is a very good question, one I'm sure so many of us are wrestling through. Um, how do we, to, in short, how, when we don't feel solidarity, we don't feel like anybody yeah. quite understands yeah. what we're going through because they haven't gone through the exact same thing. Yeah. How do we find community still mm. in that? I, I, I really, really appreciate this question. And I, Davey, one of the things, you know, you, you read this to me earlier and I, I immediately thought, and I want to say this very carefully, but I, you know, one of the things that the enemy loves to do in our pain and in our suffering is isolate us yeah. and make us feel like we are either so alone or no one else can understand this. Or uh, we just can't, you know, we can't really be authentic in community because of our personal pain story. Yeah. And when the enemy does that, um, really, in some ways, our shame thrives, yeah, right, in that wow. place of isolation. And so I, wow. a little bit, I'm, I'm actually hearing some lies from the enemy here. Now, mm. I, I am imagining that there is a very unique betrayal. Absolutely. And so I'm not trying to undermine that or say right. that it's not particularly Absolutely. unique. But just because someone hasn't been through the exact trauma you've been through yeah. doesn't mean people don't want to carry what you're carrying or walk with you or right. that their pain can't connect with your pain. I think right. that's the beautiful, kind of crazy, terrible, wonderful thing about suffering and pain is yep. that you know, mine might not look like yours, my trauma might not look like yours, but the fact that you and I have both been through trauma, we are immediately bonded in that shared yep. experience. And so I, I do think it... For this person in particular, but for any of you, you know, or any of us, if we're starting to feel isolated, look, my pain is so different from other people, my yeah. my circumstance is so unique that I actually can't enter into community or friendship, the enemy's got a stronghold there that needs yeah, to be addressed, good. needs so to true. be addressed through, I mean, I think through spiritual warfare, also through just like, be gentle with yourself and maybe begin to see take some steps toward trusting people with your story. Right, right. That's absolutely right, Aubrey. I think that's so good because there is on some level, and I think we have to hold this intention, right? There, and this is, this is often, I feel like what we're talking about is we don't, we kind of put some gu some guardrails for you and say, hey, stay on this lane, but there's going to be some tensions on either side of those guardrails. Yeah. And one of those tensions is it is so helpful to find somebody or discover yes. someone or God brings somebody along your path that has gone through the exact same thing that you've gone through. Yeah. I mean, gosh, guys, this is exactly why we started Nothing Is Wasted Ministries because I found in my own story that because of the public nature of our story, I was oh. availed to people who had gone through the exact same thing, right? Wow. People started coming to me and especially, I'll never forget Todd Erb who came to me, a business owner in our city, whose wife and daughter had been murdered. Mm. And I found so much hope from him. He wasn't a pastor. He wasn't a counselor, but he came, he became a, a, in a sense, a coach to me yeah, because yeah. he had walked it. And, but yeah. the more that I started walking with other people in their pain, the more that I realized that that was a little bit of an anomaly. Mm. Most people didn't have other people who had gone through the exact same thing that they had walked through. Wow. And so I saw, a, a, Aubrey, I saw a stewardship issue there. I saw this mantle mm. the Lord had said, Davey, you're discovering this because I want you to take part in building that 
connection point for people. Wow. Okay. So that's nothing as waste of ministry. We, we recognize that. Yeah. That it's important to join our community platform where you can talk to other people who have gone yep. through the same thing. That you can find yep. a certified coach who has gone through the same thing that you have gone through because they've been there. They know the pathway, yep. right? Your counselor may not. Counseling is so important. But your counselor may not be able to sit there and go, I get it. Yeah. I've been there, right? Yeah. I'm walking with somebody right now who has, ex- he, uh, he, um, he is experiencing, um, uh, an, an addiction that's kind of come out, right? Where okay. it, and yeah. it's a, a unwanted sexual behavior. And I was able to connect him with somebody else who had experienced that, mm. who has been on our podcast before, who, who wow. had, has wrestled with and dealt with that addiction. Wow. And so it was so cool to be able to connect like, hey, I want you to talk to this person, sit down yeah. and have coffee with this person. And then that guy came back to me and was like, oh my gosh, it was amazing. Like being able to talk to somebody who has walked through this. So that, that is one side of that guardrail is so important and and Mm. it's so valuable. But the other side of that guardrail is just what you said, Aubrey, that just because, I mean, we have to recognize every one of our stories are unique. Yeah. That's just, just because we can't find the exact down to the minutia, the exact, correlation in our story and that person's story does not mean that we can't one glean wisdom from those people Two, find community with those people. Mm, That's so good. Yes. Because I do think that there are certain insights that God gives to other people who have walked through other things that actually provide a unique reframing into what we've gone Mm, through. Yeah. And so God wants to use that as kind of a, a, like a buffering around us, right? Mm, Where it's like you bring good. something really unique to the table when it comes to a community or, or a group of yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. And so you're able to offer some of that because your story is unique. But yes. so is someone else. Yes. And they're able to say, hey, think about it this way. And it goes, yeah. oh, and it unlocks something for you. Yeah, And so I, I would agree. I think that anytime we go too far over to this one, we're like, um, you know, it's so unique that the enemy mm-hmm. is probably trying to get a foothold there to go, nobody yeah. understands you. Right. Nobody gets you. You're all alone in this. And, you know, we look at the temptation of Jesus and we see that, you know, the enemy, one of his, one of his first ploys is he wants to get us alone. Yep. That's exactly, that's exactly right. And get this, uh, this place of isolation. And and that's where he can creep in and start to, to, to fill our mind with lies. God, Mm -hmm. Satan can't read our mind, but he can fill our mind. Yeah. Right. That's good. And so he can fill our mind with lies and those lies can prevent us from really experiencing the value, the beautiful value of community, healing and community. Which just thinking too, I mean, especially, you know, like this is part of why we have the community platform and the community plus. I wonder for this person or any of you who feel this way, isolated in your pain, and Davey, you touched on this, but what might you have to bring to the grief table mm. for other people? Like, I think that's so an invitation too, is like God, like you said this, Davey, but God has brought you through your unique journey, but it's not just for you. Right. It's so that you can offer that perspective, your wisdom, your experience to help other people. And, that's right. and that's part of the beauty is like, you have something to receive and you have something Absolutely. to give. And so there's an invitation for you. You have there. to think of community, like spiritual community, like a potluck. <laughs> that's good. Everybody's, Everybody's got to bring something. Bringing something. Yeah, Everybody's that's bringing good. something. Everybody's contributing to it. Sorry, that's my like growing up in Birmingham, Birmingham Alabama, no, Southern Day coming out. Right? too. Yep, I love you, it. Like, <laughs> and, and Dietrich Bonhoeffer says it this way the minute you begin approaching community with what you can get from it, mm. 
is the minute that you begin to undo what the community was meant to do. Wow. And so we approach community, even spaces of healing to say, what can I offer here? And when we offer, when we all offer, then there is, it's a bountiful feast that we all share in. Mm. But when one person or a couple of people come to be the siphon to, you know, to pull from and draw from, then it like, man, it just really unravels that community. And so I would just, yeah, I would encourage you with that too. Um, that's, that's good, Aubrey. That's a great insight. We want to, we want to help any way that yep. we can. You know, we have so many different resources there. Again, we've mentioned, I just mentioned so many of them because we want you to be able to walk with someone who has walked the same journey that you, but I can assure you they haven't walked the exact same journey. We can, we can target it as narrowly focused as right. possible, but we're not right. going to exactly down to the minute detail. We're not going to be able to, to get everything exactly correlated with your story, but I do think there's value in it. So we want to point you to nothing is wasted.com. Uh, you can right. hire a certified coach. You can go through the pain to purpose course. Um, you can join the community platform. We've got the devotional there available to you. We have so many resources to get you started on your journey. And so make sure you don't neglect taking those next steps. Um, if you're curious about a next step, write in, email us. Hello at mm-hmm. nothingiswasted.com. Ask us, hey, I'm struggling. I'm trying to figure out what my next step is. We have people who frequently do that, and we love to answer those questions for you. Make sure you ask questions on the community platform again. We'd love to tackle those. That's and, right. Um, and, and so we want to thank Sleeping at Last for providing all the music for the Nothing Is Wasted podcast. Listen to his music anywhere. Music can be downloaded and streamed. Follow us on Instagram. We interact with with you there with a lot of giveaways and different announcements and stuff. Nothing Is Wasted Ministries. Uh, follow Aubrey at Obsamp and follow Aubrey. You've been doing some really cool reels recently. I've noticed that. Been doing oh, some really thank cool, you, Davey. I appreciate that. Like, oh, thank you. I like that. That was encouraging. Yeah, thank you. And thank you can follow you. me at Davey Blackburn. It just depends on the season of life. I may or may not be very active there. So we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> That's real. That is very real. Uh, but we, I definitely love to engage with you there. And be sure to come back next week. We have another incredible episode for you. I actually got to have a conversation with September Vaudry. She lost a child at age 19. Powerful, powerful story. Uh, You're going to be very encouraged by her words. So let's go ahead and take a listen to part of my conversation with September Vaudry. So Katie uh, was home from her freshman year of college. And it was the first day of her summer job. And on while driving to work, there was a just a terrible car accident totaled her vehicle and another vehicle. Mm. Um, and uh, we later learned she had actually had a ruptured cerebral aneurysm while she was driving, and she mm. passed out over the wheel, swerved into the oncoming car that wow. T-boned her. Wow! Uh, they revived her at the scene. Thankfully, the other driver had some scratches from his airbags, but was okay. Mm. Um, yeah. And, uh, so they revived her at the scene. Uh, Scott and I, you know, raced to the local hospital when we got the phone call that every parent dreads, you know, and, uh, by about nine o'clock that night, the neurosurgeon, after many tests and, you know, getting her semi-stabilized. Um, they, they had done a brain function test and determined that she was brain dead. Mm-hmm.